Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about tomorrow's game against Rutgers at the start, but then we are joined by friend of the program and 24-7 sports recruiting expert Justin Thin to talk about all the fun that's going on in East Lansing. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, happy Friday, you wonderful Spartan fans, and happy Friday to you awesome Locked On Spartans listeners. Hope uh, your day and your weekend is off to a good of a start as mine is right now. Uh, survive the snowstorm. So that's fun. Yeah, count that as a win. And hopefully Michigan State will be getting another win tomorrow as they hit the road to Jersey Mike's Arena. No, it, it's the rack. They're heading to the rack to take on Rutgers. We will get into that game here in a hot second. But first, I need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You already know it. It's a Locked on Spartans podcast, and you already know where to reach out to me. But, hey, I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right. Saturday, 4 p.m., Fox Sports 1 at The Rack. That's right. I refuse to call it by any other name than The Rack. Uh, Our Spartans are taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights in a very odd, interesting season for Rutgers. Um, They came into this year... Very experienced. Uh, a lot of kids on their teams have been. A lot of kids on this team have been there for quite a bit. They actually start three guys that have been at Rutgers for at least four years. However, Scarlet Knights really didn't get off the ground to start the season. Uh, they had to squeak one out against Lehigh in overtime. Okay, so you got to win there. You beat Mary Mack. You beat NJIT. Awesome. Okay, then you lose to DePaul. You lose to Lafayette, you lose to UMass, and it, it, it's just sputtering from the start for Rutgers. But then again, they've got some pretty good wins this year, too. Like, they beat, of course, if we all remember that game, one, number one Purdue at the rack. A, a sensational buzzer beater. That's probably one game that you're going to remember if you remember any Rutgers game this season. They also beat on Michigan pretty good. Uh, they've won at Maryland and we just found out how hard it is to win at Maryland sometimes. And they also beat Iowa in a 68, no, sorry, 48 to 46 game that I do remember because I bet the over that game. And when the score is 48 to 46, that means it didn't hit. So from there, yeah, Rutgers has kind of been sputtering the last four games as well. They lost to Minnesota, they lost to Maryland. They barely beat Nebraska by two, and then they just lost to Northwestern. Kind of the same way Michigan State lost Northwestern a few games ago. The the Wildcats, as as they've been doing all season, begging, begging for the other team to just come back and beat them, and as they're folding away at the end. But unfortunately, like Michigan State did a few games ago, Rutgers refused to take advantage and win that game. So it's an up-and-down season. For Rutgers, very interesting, especially for such an experienced squad that has been a feel-good story as of late. So, what does this team do good? they got to do some things right, huh? 
Well, yeah, they do. Uh, they are rangy. You know, they're kind of like Maryland. The, the starting lineup is very tall, a lot of length here. And that has translated into some pretty solid defense being played by Rutgers this season. Uh, right now, they're 70th in efficiency in the whole country. They average four blocks a game, 7.5 steals per game. And best of all for Rutgers, they like to play at their own pace. They, they slow it down. They are slowing it down, and those games they are winning more times than not. It's the ones where they can really just have the other team play to their hand, play to their tune. So, yes, that is going to be Rutgers' bread and butter here. Uh, rebounding their average, they're fine. Not, nothing to write home about. They'll have some good days, some bad days, but at the end of the day, they're, they're average. Uh, now, what they're not good at, what they're really struggling at this year, not too great at shooting the basketball, which shooting the basketball seems to be important in the game. Uh, so right now they are 32% from beyond the arc as a team, and only one guy is shooting above 32%, and that's no other than Ron Harper Jr. That's right, uh, seemingly 12th year senior Ron Harper Jr. Uh, he's shooting pretty good this year. He's having a really good year. Uh, 42% from three for Ron Harper this year. But the team as a whole, they'll only shoot 19 threes a game, which really isn't that much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and free throws, not going too well for Rutgers either. They're shooting just 70% as a team, which is pretty close to the basement of the Big Ten. So a little bit more about Ron Harper as we get into their starting lineup, their very tall starting lineup. Ron Harper, uh, first and foremost, uh, this is the guy that you want to highlight here. Uh, you can contain him. You're going to feel okay about your chances. Again, this is probably going to be a low-scoring, grinded-out game. But Ron Harper on the season, 15 points, 6 rebounds, uh, and just really having a good season shooting the ball. I, he has been called on to be a leader of this team, and I think he's gotten that message. Uh, that was shown <laughs> against Purdue, where he lit it up and got that win against the number one ranked Boilermakers. And he does get to the line a, a little bit. He averages just over four uh, free throws per game. So expect another active game from Ron Harper. And that, that could just be your key to the game right there. Is, is how is, uh, I think it'll be Brown assigned to him at the start. I'm sure they'll throw the kitchen sink at him. How are uh, MSU's front court players going to be at defending Ron Harper? The rest of the lineup, you've got Geo Baker, who has also been there since 1998. Uh, yes, the six foot four point guard, and he still thinks he's a three point shooter. Uh, he will take six threes per game on average, and just shooting it at a 30 percent clip. So it's it's not like disastrous, but I I don't think he's being mistaken for Steph Curry by any stretch of the imagination. Let me just knock on wood there before I go any further. Uh, he went 0 for 4 beyond the arc against Northwestern. And that Northwestern game is a game you lost by one point in overtime. So, yeah, I Gio might not... Uh, he, he might be better off not shooting as much as he does. But, hey, if he wants to just put up 9 jumpers, 11 jumpers against State, okay, go for it, I guess. That'll be interesting to see how that's handled. You know, Tyson Walker's going to be giving up a few inches to the six foot four point guard. But, man, well, stay tuned to find out Saturday. 4 p.m. Fox Sports One. Uh, Caleb McDonald, you know, six foot seven kid. The, the other guy I have highlighted here in their starting rotation, Paul Mulcahy. Paul Mulcahy. I remember his game at Michigan State last year. I believe he came off the bench, and he had a crazy game. And I don't mean that in a good way. Like he, I, I was just flummoxed 
By the way, this guy was playing basketball. He was told by someone, probably not the coaching staff, probably not the teammates, before the game that uh, he should shoot as many carnival shots as possible. And he did. He went two for eight last year. But here's the thing. Um, You don't do that without having a lot of confidence. And sometimes this Mulcahy kid can have a lot of confidence. He is a really hot and a really cold player. He is either throwing up a great stat line or uh, he's having a clunker, one for six game, just four points. Or, for example, on the complete opposite end, just look at that last game against Northwestern. He had 31 points. So, yeah, as a whole, he just shoots at 40% from the floor. Three-point land, he's around 31%. So, this is a kid where I I think if shots fall early, he's going to have a good game. But if he's really struggling early on, then that probably bodes well. So let's um put extra effort on this kid with Moxie. Yes, Paul Mulcahy. I'm very scared about him because, yeah, just like I said, it, he could 20-piece MSU. He could also probably just score five points against MSU. So stay tuned. Another guy that really uh, gives me pause is Clifford uh, Omarui. Omarui. God, that sounds horrible coming off my tongue. Omarui. Yeah, nailed it. All right, sorry, uh, Clifford and his family. But, yeah, six foot eleven center. He's got the length, and it ain't just the height. It's also that wingspan of his as well. He's averaging 11 points, eight rebounds per game. So, yeah, really strong center for, for Rutgers. Moves really well, too. I've been uh, impressed with Clifford when whenever I'm tuning into Rutgers Scarlet Knight basketball this season. So, really quick, let's just get into the projected Bart Torvik numbers. That's right, BartTorvik.com. They have this slated as a Michigan State victory, kind of close. Five points is what they are projecting. A 69 to 63 victory. That's actually six points. That's uh, my math at work right there. Uh, 69 to 63 victory for your Michigan State Spartans, giving them a 72% chance at victory. So, that, that's, that's what we're looking at here. Should be a win, of course. Will it be a win? I, oh, yep, you you know me and uh, my thoughts on conference road games, no matter who the opponent is. We'll just have to just uh, drink a lot of beer, stay tuned, and find out, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, that's how we're going to tackle Saturday. Let's go, baby. All right, uh, we're going to tackle a great conversation with Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports here in a little bit. But first, let's have to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! BetOnline. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, golf, along with live real-time updates on your current games that you're wagering on. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers available for the 2022 season, gang. Head to betonline.net where the game starts. And before jumping into our chat with Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports, it's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than with the Locked on NFL podcast. Locked on NFL, Locked on Bengals, and Locked on Rams will be in L.A. all week covering the big game, so tune in. Folks. Just a, a walking, living legend on the other line right now. His name is Justin Thin. He works for 24-7 Sports. He knows everything about recruiting. He knows that kids are going to commit before the kids themselves even know they're going to commit. It's it's bananas what this man can do. 
Justin, how on earth are you doing, man? You doing okay over there? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, been a boring week. Not much to cover. Yeah, sure. But we'll, we'll find stuff to talk about today. I just figured I had you on to kill time, you know, just talk right. about like our favorite sandwiches or favorite carnival right. games, stuff like that. Um, no, actually, I, I got a really big question I got to ask you, and I know it's on everyone's mind right now. So on a real note, Michigan State gets a massive – well, okay, they got two really big commits on Wednesday. One of them is a massive four-star out of Iowa. And the big question here is, how on earth do you pronounce his last name? Is it DePape? Did I say it right yesterday? Or that is like, correct. Oh, my that is God. correct. Look at me go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Chalk up the W. Okay, that's all I had to ask. I hope you have a good weekend. Um, Perfect. I'll go enjoy my Costco muffin and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> On a real note, like, I- I'm so fascinated by Andrew DePave. If you missed yesterday's show or if you've just been under a rock the last day, four-star defensive end, awesome kid, top 150 recruit commits to Michigan State. I'm just so fascinated how this happened because am I crazy or did this happen really fast? And I don't think it's, you know, crazy to connect right. the dots between Brandon Jordan's hire and this. So I'll let you take it from here. Like what? How, wow. 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 Just wow. Right. So essentially – um, Andrew DePape, as well as other targets that are interested in Michigan State right now, they, I guess you can say they had Michigan State offers to begin with, but the previous uh, defensive line coach didn't exactly pursue them after offering. I'm not sure if that was um, maybe what he thought would be more efficient as maybe he didn't think Michigan State could land those prospects or maybe he did not have the same positive evaluations. I cannot speculate. I don't don't know exactly what's there, but essentially these guys had offers. So they were on Michigan State's radar, but they were not getting pursued in the same way that Brandon Jordan is after him now. So um, Andrew DePape is just one example. Um, We have uh, guys all over the, the, we have Anthony James down in Texas. Um, we have Enal Etta, who's one of the uh, probably his biggest target right now. That is a reasonable one. Uh, DJ Hicks, obviously, but he's a five-star top ten kid, so I don't know how reasonable that is until he visits. But yeah, these are all kids that had offers, but we're not being pursued. Brandon Jordan gets the job, and all these guys give quotes to me and Corey about how they excited, how excited they are, and how they're immediately going to get a chance, uh, how immediately they want to take the opportunity to visit. So out of all those guys that kind of had that energy. Four of them decided to make the trip up uh, January 29th, and uh, one of them was Andrew DePape, and um, he had already been giving glowing uh, reviews about his interactions with Coach Jordan in the past, working with him, hearing about him, and then the two or three weeks he was getting recruited by the Michigan State before the visit. He makes the visit, and basically Jordan and Mel Tucker and Saeed Khalif and these guys, they just knock it out of the park. And... He's fully sold on the vision of he can become an NFL prospect at Michigan State under Coach Jordan. Yeah. He thinks about committing on campus, I'm told. He was kind of kind of leaning that way, but his parents did not make the trip as he came with, it was kind of with his high school teammates, a road trip sort of thing. So he went back home, uh, told his parents that he was thinking about committing, but he didn't want to do anything without them. So the staff got together on a Zoom call with the family at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. And uh, basically, that we put our crystal balls in slightly before that because we knew that was the way it was trending, raised the confidence levels after the um, Zoom call. 
And he committed the next day after he told other coaching staffs because he wanted to kind of do things the right way. So you can trace the whole thing back to Brandon Jordan's hire and you can kind of see how effective of a recruiter he is for closing the whole deal in three to four weeks for the highest out-of-state commit Michigan State has landed in seven cycles. I'm just going to fan myself off here really quick. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> okay. I, I I might be go I, I might just be going way over the top here in this next question. I, I've been thinking of the number I want to put on this over under question here, and my question is, you know, with the Brandon Jordan hire, uh, see, love that right now. <laughs> see, that, that's the attitude I'm looking for right now because I was going to say over under three and a half four star defensive linemen for this class. Now that's four four star defensive linemen for a single class. That that would be a lot, especially around these parts, but. Is, is that I feel like that's a fair number. Like, how do you think this? Sh- I, I know we're super early in the cycle, but how do you think this shakes out? Because you just named some other guys too, James Hicks, you know, I tell you, like, man, yeah, yeah, oh god. And um, and before I answer that question, another tidbit like, we had uh, um, a kid we covered that's five star from Washington, uh, last name is Wayne. Uh, he, I think it's Jaden Wayne, he uh, was offered by Michigan State. At about 11 p.m. Uh, one night, the next morning, he drops a top 10 list with Michigan State on it, less than like 12 hours after offering. Look at notably that. Ab- notably absent from that list, Ohio State and Michigan, where he actually took unofficial visits to on his own dime. Wow. So that is the Brandon Jordan effect, even though, yes, you do have to start landing some of these guys to get excited. But sure. just some microcosms there to pair with the Andrew DePay commitment. But to answer your question about four, um, I think if Michigan State takes five defensive linemen, I think then Brandon Jordan might land four uh, five star or four four stars. Sorry. So you're on the record. <laughs> you're on the record. You said it. <laughs> well, yeah. But, um, yeah, so if, if they take five defensive linemen, I think they get four four-stars. If they take four, I might I might say that they get three four-stars. Yeah. So, obviously, last Saturday against Michigan, they have this giant junior day for all the football players. And from everything I've read, from everything I know, like it seemed like a brave success. Like, do you think it was a, a complete home run for Michigan State, or how do you kind of judge that day yeah. and everything that's fallen out after that? So the way, the way I would judge it is by looking at kind of what resulted from that in terms of, um, commitments. So I would say uh, they had about 30 guys on campus okay. and they've, they've never had an off-season visit weekend where they did not get a commit. So I was thinking um, it's reasonable to expect that Michigan State would get a commit this weekend. Then I figured, okay, usually they have anywhere from like 10 to 15 people show up to these things. This time they have more than double. So I'll say they'll get two commits. So that was kind of what my expectation was going in, and that's what I would have considered meeting expectations. But they ended up getting four commits. So they kind of doubled my expectation there. Yeah. And I would definitely consider it a success with that in mind. And two of those guys committed um, earlier, uh, several days ago, and those were Jerk Broussard and Daniel Barker, the two transfers. Um, And then a few days passed, and then they got Jonathan Slack, the top 400 center from – uh, Detroit King, and then obviously DePape, who we've talked about. So yeah, four commits, uh, 30 guys visited, and a lot of these guys were juniors, and some of them probably weren't even expecting to commit this soon. I know Andrew DePape originally said he wanted to take some more visits and maybe commit in the summer. So a lot of these guys were not 
receptive to committing. Obviously, the two transfers were, but four commits after a junior day weekend is uh, very, very successful. Uh, it, yeah, that, that's fine. I'll take yeah. it, I guess. Sure. Right. That is what it is. <laughs> Be right back with our guy Justin Thind in just a hot second, but have to talk to you beautiful people about Built Bar. That's right, we're talking about the protein bar that is just so delicious, not just on your taste buds, but also delicious on the body. If you are like me and you have some New Year's resolutions that you're still powering through, well, I mean, hey, you, you can thank Built Bar for it. Or if you're looking for an extra boost on your workouts or just your daily life, folks, try some Built Bar. Like I said, delicious on the taste buds. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're chewy. They are bursting with flavor. They're also delicious on the body because most Built Bars are giving you 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, just 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. You know what else is good? How about these flavors? We're talking coconut almond. We're talking peanut butter brownie. We're talking raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. It goes on and on. Just head to Built.com to check out all the flavors yourself. And also when you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, all one word. And that's going to get you 15% off your order. So one more time, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Um, what's like the next big event then for, for like, is there one, like, I, yeah, I don't know how hip to like every single kid right. schedule that you are, but is there another one that can kind of somewhat mirror junior day? I know that's asking a lot, 30 right. kids on campus, but is there <clears throat> the next best thing, I guess? So, um, just speculating without knowing anything here, I would guess that in March they would try to have some more of these kind of events because, in February, it's a dead period for the whole entire month. And you, they can still call and text these kids, but they cannot visit campus. Um, and the coaches cannot leave campus to recruit them. So then I'm guessing in March, they will try to do um, more of these on-campus uh, these on-campus events. If they don't, or if just a few kids trickle in, then I would say without a shadow of a doubt, the spring game is going to be just huge this time around. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know I said this in the, the space with Brett um, a few days ago, but last year at the spring game, they had over 25 kids, and that was without the staff being allowed to arrange anything or get them tickets or anything because it was the dead period because of COVID. This time around, uh, they will be able to actually invite kids and make sure they're hooked up with the seats and all that. And with the recruiting momentum they have right now and coming off the 11-1 season and with a better staff, I just cannot imagine how huge this visitor list is going to be for this spring game. And um, usually like, I don't like tell people to get excited in advance. And usually I'm the one telling people, yeah, I don't know, keep your hopes down in case this, right. until this kid visits. But in this case, I, I just, even myself cannot stop myself from getting my hopes up in terms of covering this event. And I, I just think the spring game is going to be huge. And until then, like, you don't have to give away names or anything like that, right. but, like, is there any um, commitment, like, in the near future, you think? Or, like, is it going to be kind of a lull here until the March season rolls around in, right. in April? So the way, right. So the way I kind of look at those questions always is I try to see, okay, which kids might feel the need to commit because they mm -hmm. might be worried about spots running out at their positions. Sure. So right now we have – um, looking at the board, Michigan State has a running back committed in Kedrick Risano. 
I don't think Michigan State will be taking a second running back unless it is someone that's very elite. And a kid that is very elite probably wouldn't feel the rush to commit right now anyway. Um, and then at uh, defensive end, that's where my eyes go next. And I would say some of these kids that might not be just bona fide blue chip stars might, hey, they might be like, Brandon Jordan is here. There's a lot of momentum. I want to play at Michigan yeah. State. They've already got a top 150 kid. I'm a fringe four-star. I might want to commit, especially if it's maybe an in-state kid like Jalen Thompson. So I can see defensive end being a position group where I could see someone that's a non-blue chip but still a great player want to reserve a spot. Um, and then pretty much the rest of the positions on the recruiting board are, are pretty much empty. There's still four more spots in the offensive line. Quarterbacks might decide early, but really Dante Moore is the only guy they're like really pushing hard for right now with some other options too, like Jaden Rashada. But I think there's just too many open spots across the board for anyone to really feel the need to commit right now. And usually like if I was advising these kids, I, I would tell them to take their spring official visits and then commit. So, yeah, I wouldn't really expect any more commitments for a while, but I also would not be surprised if maybe a defensive end here or there pops. You know, I, I wasn't going to bring up one of those kids that you just mentioned, Dante Moore, but since you just brought him up, hey, I got right. you on the whole. Obviously, hey, uh, who doesn't love their five-star, four-star quarterbacks, whatever site you look at where he's rated. Right. Hey, it's teammate Jonathan Slack commits, like, and he, Dante Moore, quote, tweets him, like, go green. It's like, there seems to be like some actual, like some real, real like cohesive uh, energy there between Dante Moore, and Michigan State, or is this just all kind of smoke? I guess I don't even know what I'm asking. Justin, right. is he, is so he going to commit? Like, I guess that's my question. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dante. So yeah, I know. I know the angle you're talking about there with Slack committing and Dante being teammates. So just in general, the tip I would give people when thinking about a school's chances being improved by getting a teammate, mm-hmm. I would say. I would say unless it's a scenario like Thorne and Reed or Bernard and Hauser, where they're like actual friends off the field on each other's, like by each other's side, known each other for years, unless it's one of those scenarios, usually teammates do not have as much of an influence on getting a kid to commit to that school as the kid's own relationship with the staff or his own interest in the school. So if Michigan State lands Dante Moore, I wouldn't really think that landing Jonathan Slack has much to do with it at all. Okay. Uh, Cause I don't get the impression that they're like the, the absolute best of friends. I mean, they could be, but I, I just don't have any like proof of that dynamic. Um, but in general, just in Dante Moore's recruitment, uh, I would say that Michigan state has um, a pretty good chance there more than anybody is really giving them credit for right now. Uh, Michigan is always going to be a school that's a threat there. I think uh, Mm -hmm. Michigan has been recruiting him for a long time. I believe his family might have some Michigan affiliations. Uh, Ohio State is a school he's looking at, Notre Dame. I know he has his eyes on some out-of-state schools like Oregon and Miami and whatnot. But the thing is, is he has a really, really good relationship with Jay Johnson. Like, I, I would go as far as saying that that might be the offensive coordinator he communicates with the most out of anyone in his recruitment. The thing is, you don't just choose your next school based only on your relationship with your offensive coordinator. There's other things involved too, but that is, if you had to choose a relationship you want to have the best one with in terms of Dante Moore and connections, you would want your offensive coordinator to be closer with him than any other one. So again, Michigan State, better chance than most are giving them. Would not call Michigan State the leader, so definitely not. 
Hey, that's fine. And yeah, I, I listen. I tried yeah. to avoid talking about it because listen, like a five star quarterback <laughs> is is a light, and I'm just a moth, and I just fly directly yeah. into it whenever presented <laughs> with it. So I, I just had to ask about it, especially with the Slack commitment right. that just happened. Um, while I still have you hostage here, um, one one thing I just got to ask you before you're out the door, and it's probably I'm sure you're not sick talking about this every five minutes. Transfer portal. What's next? Talk to me. What what is going on in the transfer portal for Michigan State, baby? So- so Michigan State now is down to two spots, if my calculations are correct. I think they are, um, yeah. So if that's the case, we we will probably not – I wouldn't say have some boredom here, but Michigan State has the opportunity to be selective. Yeah. And it's very, very crucial to get an offensive lineman or two here. Yeah. I would – I would even – recommend not that anyone cares about what my recommendation is um, but <laughs> I, I, I would say that <laughs> I, I would caution taking anyone right now that is not um someone that is just a bona fide guy in the two deep that the second he steps on campus you're like okay he could be a starter but if not he can play a lot of solid backup snaps because you can afford to wait for spring camps to end and then have a bigger uh talent pool to choose from so what I mean is uh, spring ball, once it ends in April, a lot of guys are going to enter um, the portal because either they don't like where they're on the depth chart or mm-hmm. they decided to give their new coaching staff a chance and they don't like them. Whatever the reason may be, kids always enter after spring camp. So until that happens in the end of April, yes, go after anyone that has started more than like 16 <laughs> career games or go 16 after anyone snaps. That- 16 <laughs> snaps is all I have to have, man. Right. I'm, I'm so desperate. <laughs> Right. But yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, definitely go after established guys, but also know that a lot of guys will be entering after spring camp. So don't just take someone just to take one. So fans, I would, as an extension, tell them to be patient as a result. Hey, you know what? That's, that's, that's a solid answer. So, okay. Cause I know, Hey, hand up. I'm one of these people. Like I'm always champing at the bit. Like, What's the next portal guy? What's the next portal guy? Right. So, okay. All right. So, so I should just try to calm down for at least five seconds. Right. Okay. I'll give my best right. shot, I guess. Right. So, cool. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, dude. Um, thanks for just always just dropping every bit of knowledge that you possibly have uh, right. on this podcast, man. You're, you're a legend, Justin. That's, that's, all, that's, all, that's all. That's all you are. You're just a walking, living legend. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Go. Thanks a lot. I, I, was turned into, I was turned into a legend thanks to all my appearances on this podcast. I am made by life. I'm sure that's it. I'm sure that's it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks a ton, man. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm already pumped to have you on again in the near future yeah. unless you want to say no eventually, which I, I would if I were you. Come on, man. Please. <laughs> I, I can't be no, that fun this- to talk to. <laughs> No, this is this is what I look forward to. I just sit by my phone, yeah. look at look at the <laughs> notifications, and wait for the DM from you. Oh man! Well, I, I'll have the listeners know I Venmoed you to say that. So thank you. I appreciate you uh, reading the <laughs> script that I emailed you. So thanks, man. As, as always, uh, Justin Thin, twenty four seven Sports. Follow his work. He, he's he's the he's the greatest. The greatest. <laughs> appreciate it, Matt. Till next time. See ya. Huge thanks to my guy and friend of the program, Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports, for lending his greatness, his knowledge, and most importantly, his precious time to this podcast once again. Um, I, I love talking with Justin. I mean, that goes without saying, but I also know that you guys really love hearing from him. Uh, and yeah, the, the episode numbers say so. When, when Justin talks, you beautiful people listen. And for that, I thank you, and I thank Justin as well. We will be back on Monday with whatever MSU news happens over the weekend. 
But also, oh yeah, that's right, the little basketball game that's going to be played tomorrow. You know that we're going to have some thoughts on that and some thoughts uh, on just more big games heading into next week. We'll try to line up some great guests, as we always try to do here in Lockdown Spartans next week. But until then, have yourself a beautiful weekend. And also, check out Locked on Bets. That's right, guys. Make your second listen. Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Locked on Bets, hosted by Your Boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right, gang. Hey, let's enjoy this game tomorrow. Love you all. Go Green!